that kill, you can push that dope. Get yours, get yours, get yours. By any means. You can steer that wheel, hit the gas and go. Get yours, get yours, get yours. By any means. Hey everyone, welcome to the BA Podcast. This is episode 45. Uh, your co-host Jake. No James today. He has some studying to do for his midterms this week at St. Mary's, so good luck to him. But we're still having an episode for you today. And I know what you're saying to yourself. Jake, remember the last time you did a podcast by yourself? It was awful. Why on earth are you doing this again? Well, you know, Rome wasn't built in one day. Needed some time to have it built up to what it is today and what it is now, which is a beautiful place to go to. So, I'm back for my second chance as my podcast by myself. However, I'm not going to be by myself. Luckily for you, we have some guests today. We will have former former college wrestler Michael McDaniel joining the podcast. That was recorded yesterday, so it's so it's not actually going on live, but it was recorded yesterday. Uh, it's coming on today for this episode. I was thinking of releasing it as a second episode, but I decided against it and make a one big episode. So that's what I did for that. So he's joining to talk about uh, March Madness, which is basically, um, as you know, March Madness is going on for college basketball. Well, they also have it for college wrestling. So I asked him about what's going on in the tournament, who to watch, who to look for, like any p- people who that have surprised him, uh, who's like the best team, stuff like that. I also talked also talked to him about the rules of the of wrestling, um, why there isn't like a pro wrestling league, and I'm not talking about like WWE, something like WWF, whatever the hell that is, like fake wrestling. I'm talking about actual wrestling that you see in college. Why isn't like pro wrestling for that? We also get into his career as a college wrestler as well, so hopefully you enjoy that. We also have a guy by the name of HK joining the podcast. Um, I'll talk about a little bit more about him later. He'll join as well. And yeah, so we'll be doing that. We also have some segments to do at the end of the podcast I'll get to later on. And yeah, but without further ado, here we go. Here we start. First off, yesterday, the San Jose Sharks played against the Detroit Red Wings. Uh, that was Monday night. Uh, the Sharks coming into this game have lost five in a row. They're 0-4-1 in the last five. And they've been struggling a lot recently. Um, there's been like a flu going around the team apparently. Uh, Logan Gutierrez missed a couple games and Pavelski has the flu and is a little bit injured. Um, but it's not like long-term injury or anything like that. So he should be back before the playoffs start. Um, but they did play last night and they lost 3-2 to against the Red Wings. Um Sharks goals. Evander Kane scores twenty eighth on the power play, uh, in the third period. The third period, yes, with assist by Joe Thornton, his thirtieth of the year, and Tim Heed, his tenth of the season. Evander Kane now has twenty eight goals on the year. Um, he's three away from matching his career high, and he's having a pretty good season. He was struggling a little bit before this game, but he had the death of his death of his daughter and some other off the ice issues they had to deal with. So his game's kind of down the past couple of weeks. But he's finally gone on the score sheet last last night and scored his 28th of the year. And Tomas Hurdle scored the second of the Sharks' goals. Uh, that was his 33rd of the year in the third period. About like five seconds left. Assist by Timo Meyer, his 34th of the season. And Kevin LeBanc, his 37th of the season. The Sharks are now 43-24-9 on the season. They're 0-5-1 in their last six. They're still in second place. In the Pacific Division and the Western Conference, but the Flames have a six-point lead now. Same games played. Uh, they each have six games remaining. Um, 
They do, however, play each other one more time before the season ends. I believe it's either the last week of March, first week of April. Uh, that's when they play there at San Jose. So that should be a pretty good game. So I did some research on the Sharks season, and when they score three or more goals, they're unbe- They're basically unbeatable. They score under three goals, they aren't good at all. They're really bad. I did some research earlier today, and I found out, found out that in games with less than three goals scored, the Sharks are 0-16-3, so they have 16 losses in regulation and three overtime losses. Um... So nineteen in nineteen games this year, they have scored two or fewer goals in a game, and that's kind of that's a low number, to be honest. That's a really low number, which is good, which is what you want to see. But you you kind of expect them to win a couple of those games, but they just haven't done it yet. However, if they score over or at three goals in the game, they are forty three eight and six. Now I've not I've not gone through everyone's seasons of all time and see if you know if like this is like the worst record or the best record like this has ever happened with teams before but this is something I've never seen really where under three goals they've not won over three goals or at three goals there are 43 eight and six that's 43 wins out of 57 games and 49 points out of 57 possible games as well that's that's good but for some reason, they're just not able to win, like a two to one game, or a one nothing game. Uh, their goalie, their goalies have been pretty lackluster this season, this season, uh, which has really hurt them a lot. Um, but when they're on, when they score three goals, like all, all, all you have to do, score three goals, they'll win. Under three, they won't win, and they need the. They need to start winning some games two to one. I just don't know if they're able to. Uh, because their just their goalie situation has been so bad, so poor this whole entire season. But but hopefully Martin Jones, who's shown that in the past, that once he gets to the postseason, he's really good. Hopefully that's what happens this time, because they really need that to happen, um, or else they'll be or else they'll have a short playoff run, which would be massively disappointing of how much talent they have on this team and how they basically started the season until the last seven games. Our last six games when they were 43 19 and 8. Um, but since, as I said earlier, they lost five out of they lost basically six in a row, five games of regulation, one in overtime. They only have one point out of the last 12. The division's kind of slipping away from them. Uh, this is like the third year this has happened. Uh, last year they got in a tailspin at the end of the year, but then they won their last two games, get to 100 points, and clinched the three seed. And then two years ago, they were leading the Pacific Division. Uh, they had, I believe they had like a six-point lead with like seven, six or seven games to go, just like the Flames have this year. And they, I think they lost like five in a row. Uh, and they then they won like their last game, but then they got then they lost in six games at Edmonton in the first round, um, in a game where, and that was that was just a disappointing series. They had chances to win that series, but they just couldn't, you know, they couldn't like find a way to win the games. So that's when they struggled there. Then last year they got to this they this third seed against the Ducks. Uh, they swept the Ducks in four games. Then they lost the Golden. <clears throat> then they lost to the Golden Knights in six games. Uh, there was that overtime game in Game Three, which they should have won that game. Um, that would have been that would have changed the series, but again they weren't able to. And in the P- the war area er, area, the Boer era, 
Um, I believe they finished third place in the Pacific Division all three years he's been there. Uh, and if they finish second this year, in his, in his fourth year, that would be their best finish under him. But, but history shows that they might have the three seed. But the thing is, they still have a five-point lead over the Golden Knights, which, you know, is good. But they're still each team has six games remaining, so the Golden Knights, Flames, and Sharks. Um, so the Sharks, you would want them to win the division, but it's kind of looking like it's out of reach a little bit. So you hope they stay at second seed, the second seed, so they will have a home ice advantage over the Golden Knights. Um, but it's just been a disappointing end. And this has been like a trend for the last three years where this has happened like every season. And it's, you would hope that it would end. Like you would hope it would end this season. But that's just not how it's going down, really. Uh, however, they do still have six games remaining. They're missing um, Eric Carlson, who had kind of a step. A setback apparently he was skating every day like getting ready to come back but then like today he stopped skating every day so he's skating like once every two days um which is which basically shows that he's has a setback and if groins those are really tough if anyone has ever had like a groin injury um you know that one you would you could stay off like two weeks and say you come back like in the third week and one misstep one you know, one change of direction that goes a little too fast, and that groin's pulled again, and then you're out even longer term. So that's what the Sharks are hoping does not happen to Eric Carlson, but it's kind of it's becoming kind of worrisome um, because he said he would be he was, he said that he wanted to play a couple of games at the end of the year. Um, again, now there's six games remaining, so he may play the last two games. However, though, with this setback. They're not sure if that's going to happen now, and he may miss game one of the uh, Western Conference quarterfinals against the Golden Knights. But if, and if they want to have any chance of winning, they need him to be there. So hopefully he gets healthy. Um, they're also missing, as we talked about earlier in other episodes, Redeem Semek, who's out for the season with a out for the regular season, probably the postseason, unless they go far in the playoffs, with a torn ACL, I believe it is. Uh, torn ACL, and I believe there's like a little other tear in his MCL. Um, he's been out the last couple games, and as you see, since he's gone out, this is when they got on their tailspin. They had to play Joachim Ryan, some Joachim Mar- Ryan more. They actually had to play him because they didn't play him before this, uh, but they're playing him now. He's been struggling really. The whole entire team has been pretty bad. Uh, the only player that's been really, the only players like been on top of his game has been Tomas. Well, only a couple players, um, Tomas Hurdle and Gus Nyquist or Gustav Nyquist. Uh, they've been. They've been their best players by far, um, so hopefully, you know they find a way to get out of this because the playoffs are coming soon, and anything other than a cup this year is going to be a massive disappointment because this team, this team has all the ingredients you need to win a championship, to win their first cup. Uh, it's been, as in, as you know, Sharks fans have been tortured forever. Um, they had that Presidents Trophy run in two thousand eight where they were the best team in the league, lost in the first round. Uh, Got the conference finals two years in a row in like early to, early twenty tens, I believe that's how it is, twenty tens or two thousand tens, something like that, whatever. Uh, they got to the they lost in I believe four. They got swept by the Blackhawks one year. Then I believe they lost. Yeah, then they lost in five to the Canucks the second year. Um, then they didn't get back to the conference finals until Pete DeBoer was here in his first year in 2015-2016. They won that, got the cup for the first time. Lost in six games to the Pittsburgh Penguins. Um, 
that was a disappointing way to end the season. Then the last three years as well, last two years as well, uh, they had a first round exit and a conference semifinals exit against the Golden Knights. So hopefully this time they can get on top and get that championship because Joe Thornton's it's a bit probably Joe Thornton's last season, but you never know. He may come back. Eric Carlson's a free agent. Joe Pavelski's a free agent. Timo Meyer is a restricted free agent, meaning teams can sign him to an offer sheet. The Sharks haven't the ability to match or let him go for four first-round draft picks. Um, and people say that this is the year that restricted free agents are going to get signed. So that could be... It'll be you, you would hope that if he gets signed a, a contract like sheet by some other team, that the Sharks would match. Um, but they have some... Cap, they have some cap space issues they have to deal with. They have six, I believe they would have had six big free agents, UFAs, unrestricted free agents. They signed two of them in Marcus Sorensen, who has 15 goals, and Lukash for deal to another one year deal. So they have four remaining. I believe it's, it's, uh, this is unrestricted. This, yeah, this is UFA. So they have, they have, uh, Pavelski, Thornton, then it's Eric Carlson. And I believe that's the only three UFAs they have. But then they have like some other like restricted free agents like Timo Meyer, Joachim Ryan, um, you know Tim Heed, who's another one of their defensemen who's playing a lot now. Um, but and they don't have a lot of cap space. We're not sure what the cap for next year is going to be. This year, I believe, it was like eighty-two million. And in NHL, it's been going up every year, so they think probably like eighty-five. And there is a way where you can go over the cap space. By like I believe, like two million dollars. I think. Um, it's not like the NBA where you're able to go way over if you're signing your own guys. It's kind of like a, it's not a hard cap because if it was a hard cap, it's, you would not be able to go over. It's kind of like a soft like. Like there's there's like some breathing room you can have to go over. Um, I don't know the salary cap space they have off the top of my head, but I believe it'll be around like, in the or like late eight late. Tens, maybe early twenties, so about, I would say, this is just a guess, but sixteen to twenty-two million in cap space, and they have three UFAs who are going to get a lot of money. Um, Carlson's probably going to get ten, at least probably ten million a year, uh, but you never know. His injury may cost us price to go down. Pavelski's has thirty-seven goals in a year. He may need his price may be going up. Uh, Timo Meyer's restricted free agent, so a team can sign up to an offer sheet. Um, they may just try to poison pill, which is like basically where you give him a ton of money in like his first couple years. So let's say let's say it's like a four year, like thirty two million dollar deal for Timo Meyer. They can give him like twelve million in the first year, ten million in the second, like eight million in the third, then like less in the fourth. But the way they do that is because it makes it makes it like that the Sharks can't sign want to be able to sign all their free agents and all the free agents, UFAs that are important or will cost a lot of money. Uh, so that would hurt them in the long term. So that's what teams may do to try to you know, make the Sharks not do it. But if the Sharks say, you know what, we can't match you, we'll just take the four first-round picks. <clears throat> that's also risky because you may not get a player as good as him. Uh, he's I think he has like 62 points in the year, uh, 28 goals and 34 assists. So that's 62 points, and he's only 21, 22 years old. Uh, he's 22 years old in his second full season in NHL. Uh, so he's a great young player that they want to keep, but we'll see how that happens there. And, yeah, so for NHL news, there's no really NHL news to you know, talk about right now. Uh, nothing really has happened. Nothing has happened yet in the last couple of weeks. 
NHL news. There's been some like college free agent signings that have signed with NHL teams who were drafted by them, um, but there's like nothing big that you would need to know or probably want to know anyways. So that's the NHL talk right there. And now we have a special guest joining the podcast. His name is HK, and you're going to get to know him a little bit better. Actually, this will be the first time you know him, first time you ever hear from him. Um, his name's HK because we can't give out his full name due to Witness Protection Program. But he's here, and his takes are fiery. And here he is. Hello, everyone. Uh, big shout-out to Jake for having me on this BA podcast. I'm I'm looking forward to discussing a little sports, hopefully uh, seeing what you have to say, and then maybe you'll listen to what I have to say, too. That's a good introduction, HK. <laughs> yeah, um, I can't give out my real name here. Yeah. That will do. Yeah. Um, see, uh, not Secret Service. It's uh, a <laughs> witness protection. Witness protection. Yeah, we can't give it up, or else yeah. you'll be in trouble. That's what happens. So we can't do that. But now, so he's here to talk about some the Warriors. Dubs. Um, the Dubs. Yes, they're fifty and twenty three. They had two games last week, or yeah, last weekend. First, they played the Mavericks, and they lost by thirty five oh. points. Lovely. One of our worst home losses in the last ten years, I believe. Yeah, it was pretty bad. No effort. One twenty six to ninety one, and Curry wasn't playing, so that's why they lost. And Bogut didn't play either, so that's apparently why they lost as well. But Andrew Bogut's been back for a couple games. How do you think Andrew Bogut has been so? Bogut far? Bogut is back. I I really like what I'm seeing from Andrew Bogut. It reminds me when we went to the finals the first year, and he. I feel like in the NBA you need to have like locker room presence and you need to have some sort of teammate chemistry and he's a glue guy. Like it, there was there was this one play that I was looking at where he was actually like telling Draymond Green where to go like on transition defense and stuff and no one does that to Draymond Green. Like mm. but the fact that Green can like listen to Bogut and kind of see like what like what the floor is like and and you know like it it's like a leadership presence. So like I'm super stoked to see what Bogut can do. In your humble opinion, is Bogut their best player? Bogut is one of their top three players, yes. He is one of their top three players. Yeah. A lot of people say he's underrated. He actually just went to the Australian League and won the MVP. So I think that in the playoffs, we'll see shades of David Robinson. Mm-hmm. We'll yeah. see shades of Hakeem. Shock, maybe. Either. We'll see. Uh, yeah, we could yeah. see We could see something, but it's more like Hakeem and David Hakeem, Robinson. Yeah. That's true. It's yeah, like I a combo of them. Yeah, yeah. Bogut's been pretty good. Um, He's been good. He should be starting over Demarcus Cousins, don't you think? Or yeah, I like Cousins. Much? I like Cousins off the bench. That's mm-hmm. the thing, because yeah. Cousins Cousins is a sixth man. Yeah, is just unstoppable. What sixth man's gonna guard him? Like it's I I really I like him any. off the bench. Yeah, especially well, we'll get into that later. But uh, Nurkic, we'll talk about that injury later. Oh um, God. Yeah, he should just. Yeah, he's out for the season. We'll get on that later. They then played the Detroit Pistons the next night, Sunday, and Back they won backs. by seven. Yep. Curry scored 26 and nine assists, nine rebounds and three assists, with Durant putting four, 14 points, five rebounds, and 11 assists. Draymond Green had 14, five, and eight. And Bogut, who's their th- one of their three best players, had eight, five, and three. He had a productive game. Yeah. He had a really productive game. So, in your opinion... Uh, what do you want this? What do you want the? What do you want to see? For the last couple games of the, for the last nine games of the regular season, what do you want to see? What do you want the Warriors to be, or what do you want to see from them? I don't the want start? to see any sort of action from Steph, Durant, mm-hmm. Thompson, Cousins. If I'm being honest, regular season them? literally does not fucking matter. Like we could go oh nine. I do not give a fuck who is stopping us in the playoffs. Who is stopping True. us in the True. playoffs? There's no one stopping us in the playoffs. I just don't want to see an injury. 
So yeah. would you rest them for the whole entire rest of the regular season, or super, what would you do? super maybe the first round too? Super, <laughs> super schedule maintenance here, mm-hmm. and maybe like a like a twenty minute cap. And I'm not yeah. I'm not exaggerating this at all. Like there's just no point. We're paying these players so much money. I want to see them go out and dominate. Yeah, load management. What is your thoughts? Yeah, I, know I agree. People... Load management's a new term in the NBA. I personally do not like it because I don't. Load I feel like you're like an old school type pause. person. You want to see eighty two games being played. Um. No, not no. I understand why they want to rest sometimes, but yeah. I just don't like the term load management. It's just not <laughs> something that load management. Yeah, not something. What do you want to see on. the Warriors do out of the last nine games? No injuries. I don't care exactly. if they go zero and nine or nine and zero. I agree. If they go four and five. See, people make it such a big deal about this first seed stuff. Who the who the fuck cares about yeah. the first seed? Yeah. Plus, I think. They would play the, I think, either the Spurs or something. Right now, we're set to play the Oklahoma City Thunder, which, like, I feel like is definitely a stronger team than the San Antonio Spurs, the Clippers. So, but, like, the West is crazy. Eight through four, eight through three is just, like, like I think it's, like, one or two games separating all of them. It's, right. like, mayhem over there. Yeah, I But think... one thing is, the Clippers, they're not, I don't know what is happening. It's very weird what's going on there, but they're actually the sixth seed right now. Yeah, they won five straight, and the season ended today. The Warriors played the Oklahoma City Thunder. That's what I'm saying. In the first round, so that's that'll be a pretty good series. That um, will be a good series. It'll be a quick sweep, but it'll be a fun series. Yeah, fun four game, <laughs> tough four game series. Uh, they play tomorrow against the Memphis Grizzlies of Yoki. They're still a Noah. team. Yes, they're still a team. Okay. Yoki Noah is still in the league too. Lovely. For some, I don't, I don't, I didn't. The one think thing would ever come back. Noah is a bum, but the one thing the Grizzlies do have is one of the best left-handed point guards we've ever seen hmm. in Michael Conley Jr. Conley, oh, Mike is Conley, a, yeah. Conley is a freak of nature. See, the thing that I, I feel like people don't give enough credit is when they talk about the best left-handed person in the NBA and they always go to James Harden. Yeah. And I think if you look at a per 36, if you look at what Conley's done throughout his career, if you look at the help he's had, you know, Conley could... Conley's up there. Con- mm-hmm. I, I might... Honestly, I I think I have him a little bit ahead of Harden. If I had to build mm. a team right now, I'd go Conley over Harden. Simply because mm. of he's just it's he's just quicker. Yeah. At the end of the day. That's true. Yeah. Plus, small players win more. Exactly. Like, Warriors it. go small. Exactly. They won more. What has Harden done in the playoffs? Nothing. Yeah, that's true. Not and much Con- really. And Conley's actually won a, a NCAA championship with the Gators. Mm-hmm. So. And James Harden never did that. So yeah. Exactly. Points to go to Conley for that one there. Do like Conley? Um, yeah, Conley's pretty good. I thought you were, I thought you were gonna talk about. You said like one of the best guards in the league. Mm-hmm. They're gonna talk about Javon Carter. Uh, <laughs> Javon Carter. Mike man. Conley. Yeah, Javon Carter's pretty. What do you think about Javon Carter? Javon Carter has a killer crossover that reminds me of a young AI. Hmm. That is what I'm gonna say wow. on Javon Carter. But we need to see Javon. what happens in the future. Right. It could be. It could just be a one year thing. Could for just be Javon Carter. Thing. Yeah. Um. So yeah. So moving on from the Warriors, we're now gonna talk about some NBA news. Now, first, I want to... We'll probably do this last, but okay. first I want to see... Did you see the Yosef Ju- Nurkic injury? Yosef Nurkic, dude. I One of my friends actually texted me saying the Blazers game was in overtime, so I turned on the stream. As soon as I turned on the stream, I see um, a pass going into Nurkic, and I hear him yell something. Hmm. Very, very weird. But I was like, that's just like, you know, those like like big men, they just like scream over nothing. Yeah, and he's from Serbia, so Exactly. They just look, oh, and then I was like, okay, relax. Then I look, and the, mind you, I've literally turned on the stream for six seconds. Um, I hadn't watched basketball in about two days, probably. Um, and so I turned on the stream for six seconds, and I see something that does not look 
like it looks like a video game. It doesn't look real. It's right. just disgusting. And honestly, I'm kind of sensitive to that thing. So I straight away turned the stream off. I couldn't yeah. do it. Yeah. Do you think that Nurkic should have uh, put the bone back in place and re re rejoined the game? I feel like Nurk. I feel like we have a lot of technological advances in today's day and age. Mm-hmm. We have different band aids. We have different sprays. I don't know why they've ruled him out for the year yet. Right. Yeah. We need to see what exactly it is because if it's just a sprain, mm-hmm. or if it's a, if we I don't know. Like we've seen players come back from worse. Or yeah, he he did have his. Tibia and tibia go through his leg, but I, under, I get what you're saying. They just put it back the in. The thing is, like, stitch it up, get him back. If out you there. remember what Kobe did, he actually got hurt on a play against Harrison Worse, Barnes early, and he stood there and hit the free throws. Yeah, he tore his Achilles, which is. And he stood and hit the free throws. Yep. Where was Nurk? Yeah, hospitalized. He was in the going in the. He doesn't have the Mamba mentality. Exactly. Mamba would have stayed out there. He, Kobe Bryant would have said, "Take out the bone. I'll play about a bone." Exactly. And he hits the free throws. Yeah, he makes the free throws. Yeah, exactly. So Nurk should have stayed in. But you know it is what it is. It's tough now. Though. For now, for the Los Angeles team that's not in the playoffs, the Los oh, Angeles God. Lakers, oh, God. LeBron James. What do you think of their season so far? And do you think they should start a rebuild or should they go after some marquee free agents? I'm gonna be honest. I don't think they should have gone for LeBron in the off season. Mm-hmm. Um, I know it was like the hot move to do L.A. Bron. All these like rumors were swirling, and it was always L.A., and LeBron wants to join Hollywood. He wants to do this and that. But I just think that you had such a good core there. And I think you have in what I think is the next Magic Johnson there in Lonzo Ball. Mm. I know a lot of people give Lonzo Ball a lot of, lot of flack, but he reminds me of Magic. A lot of people compare him to him. I think, his, I think he's only going to improve. And the thing we know about LeBron is that he hurts players' growth yeah time and time again if you look at what he's he's like killed careers so yeah i personally think that you should rebuild as soon as possible trade him for whatever you can that's and just, LeBron, you want so you, you think of you think to trade lebron to restart the rebuild again so i you get back yes to the playoffs yes i think so hmm. i think you have josh hart there yeah oh some, josh hart yeah. josh hart he can josh hit three hart. pointers you have brandon ingram Mm-hmm. So you already fucked up. You let D'Angelo Russell go. Yeah. And look at what he's Should've doing. Should have kept him. You let Julius Randle go. Look at what he's doing. And, you know, it's just like, I feel like it's tough to let a player like LeBron go. But if, if there's suitors out there, like a team like Memphis or a team like Charlotte or a team like New York, you hmm. I think you pull the trigger. What are your takes? Yeah, I agree with that. I believe the Lakers should rebuild. Um LeBron just can't do it anymore. He's too old. Uh, he needs, if he's like your fourth option, maybe your if he's like your fifth. He option would be on your such team, a good sixth man. Oh, he would that's be, what I'm gonna say for that. Yeah. LeBron, he would be the best sixth man LeBron right. coming off the bench. How are you? I feel like you could stop him, but like on night in and night out basis, I want LeBron coming off the bench for some team like Memphis or right. or even Golden State. I would love to see him in a six yeah, man. Plus, role. it's not who starts; it's who finishes the game. Exactly, LeBron, so LeBron would be perfect in a six man role. If he's like your sixth best player, your team's. Gonna be, you know, probably a playoff team. Probably a um, playoff team. If he's your best yeah. player, you're not gonna make the playoffs, as we saw this year. Exactly, and I just, I just want to see Lonzo take the reins. Yeah. I, ju- I just feel like it's his time now. Yeah, I agree with that. It's good takes right there. Um, so now, do you have any other hot NBA takes you have, or is that other hot NBA yeah. takes? I think that I don't know if this is hot, but I think the Boston Celtics are going to the NBA Finals. Hmm. I think a lot of people have given Brad Stevens and that group a lot of flag. But give me playoff Kyrie in the playoffs. Right. Give me playoff Kyrie. He's a different animal. I agree with that. 
You yeah. agree? Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. Makes sense there. Um. So now, um, what's your NBA Finals prediction? I have the Warriors sweeping the Celtics. Hmm. Okay. Cool. What yeah. about you? Um. Hmm. Wow. I think I have the Warriors going to the finals. Okay. Um, and I think they're gonna play. Well, I think they're gonna play Miami Heat with Dwayne Wade last okay. last ride. I understand that this is Wade's last season, but if there's a team that's gonna beat Milwaukee and it's not the Celtics, I really think in that first round matchup we could see some like rejuvenated flash we could see some og Dwayne wade action we can actually see an upset i think if there's one team that can compete with the length of milwaukee i think miami is right there i'm Mm. not kidding that's another hot take that i have and i like that you agreed with that one yeah plus what a story would be if Dwayne wade as an eight seed gets all the way to the finals against the warriors exactly that'll be a great story there um do you think the warriors take off knock off miami yeah i think in probably five games yeah um, miami will get one because Dwayne wade's pretty good Wade There's a hot is... take that Dwayne Wade's better than Kobe Bryant. What do you think about that? Oh, Wade is better than Kobe. As a, yes. oof, that is tough. Hmm. Hmm. Nope, not on that one. I think I got to go Kobe on that Kobe, one. Kobe, yeah. What about you? I think Wade is a top three shooting guard of all time. Yeah. I just don't think he's better than Kobe. Yeah, I think it's, I think it's, well, I'm not sure if Michael, Michael Jordan was a shooting guard. Yes. So it's Jordan, Kobe, and I think Dwayne Wade's third. Yeah, and, and, a James lot, Harden. and a lot of people are talking about this Harden kid. I think Monte Ginobili is probably a little bit better than James Harden overall, Ooh. career-wise. Okay. I'll put him okay. fourth. Okay. Then Harden fifth. But in a couple of years, Harden could be better than basically everyone except Michael Jordan. Wow, so if you're that that must mean Michael Conley's in some elite company coming soon then. Oh yeah, Mike Conley, yeah. Um top three point guard for sure, I feel like. Yeah, I feel so like it's Steph and Mike Conley. Yeah, I can see that. I think I think James Harden is more of a shooting guard anyways than a yeah, point guard. Yeah, of course. So Yeah, plus I'd rather have Conley because he knows how to he knows how to pass more, he passes more, you know, he plays the game the right way, he doesn't flop. Exactly. Um you know, it doesn't, it doesn't flop. That's the thing. That everyone flops in today's NBA. You yeah. do not see Mike Conley. For those of you who don't watch Mike Conley, watch Mike Conley. You will not see one second of flopping. You'll see his hair yeah. flopping. Plus, do you think flopping. if do you think if players flop, that means they should not win the MVP? Because I think yes. James Harden should not win. Yes. It Harden just is not. He flops. If Harden wins the MVP, I don't even know what to say. He's not the most valuable player in the league. If you want to build mm. a team around a player, who are you picking? Not James Harden. That's for sure. Yeah. I totally agree. Yeah. Honestly, with the season he's having, I feel like you have to give it to Giannis. Personally. I think Steph has been unreal. Yeah. Bogut's but, been pretty good too recently, but, but uh, I don't think he has I don't know about his I don't know if Bogut has enough uh Plus he's already, he's already won MVP. He would yeah, be the first he would be the first player to have two MVP to win two MVPs in one year. That would be ridiculous. That would be ridiculous. That would, yeah. I don't think it's ever happened before. But yeah, I agree. I don't think Harden should be an MVP. I think he flops. I think if you look at the usage statistics, it's just like mind-boggling. I watch like Rockets yeah. game. It's just like iso ball. If you had Curry doing iso ball, do you think Plus you know? Plus he's to watch. Exactly. Yeah. I don't like Kobe. I mean, James Harden. Yeah. But yeah, so that's NBA. Now we're going to move on to some NCAA right now. So the game of the weekend by far in the NCAA tournament. We're now in the Sweet 16, but last time was game was the uh, round of 32. Mm-hmm. And I believe the best game by far in that bracket was Duke UCF. Ah, Taco um, Fall, man, yeah. Taco Fall. Hmm. Heartbreaking. Yeah. Just heartbreaking. You know, Taco Fall actually led UCF UCF to either their first tournament win ever or their first one in a long ass time. Yeah, he was he was actually not bad. Um, Do you think he has an NBA future? Uh, 
I feel like if you're an NBA team, you take a chance. Maybe not in the yeah, draft. Maybe D League. Maybe G-League. not in the. That's what the G League is for. Right, it's your like, summer league team. Exactly. I feel like you take a chance. He's seven six. Plus he, but he might say, you know, I don't want to play anymore because he's like kind of smart. Like, yeah, I heard that. Smart. That engineering. So he could be like, yeah, right? I don't want to do that anymore. But what? What do you think yeah. about the game, though? I thought it was a good game. I thought UCF got robbed at the end. That was Exa- a, oh my god. That was an offensive foul by Zion. And Taco, offensive foul, really? Yeah, the Taco, you know, Taco did foul him. You know, he was a foul. Let's let him shoot the layup. I, don't know what I feel like there. you just move away. Zion's yeah. driving like thirteen him, seconds away. Let him do a stupid ass layup. What Plus, are you gonna do? I yeah, I agree with that. Plus, I think at the end, I think there's something fishy going on with the rims. <laughs> I think there was some, you know, some... How did that ball not go I think there was some wax put on the rims that caused it not to go in. Oh, man. I don't have any proof of that, but what do you think about that? Do you think that could could be conceivably true? I think if you look at the rotation of the basketball, that ball is going in the hoop off the tip. I don't understand how it didn't go in, so I feel like there is is some chance of foul play here. Hmm. Now, if it's wax, if it's magnets, if it's different wind currents running through the system it's just it I, it's just hard for me to believe that a tip in like that doesn't right. doesn't fall down yeah it hit everything hit the hit, basically hit, it did everything except go in i don't understand how that was possible god man it's just and then the other thing that just pisses me off on free throws how do you not box out yeah zion's not gonna hit a free throw no. he's like an overgrown muscle baby yeah he's not a good shooter I'd rather have... I think Lonzo Ball is a better shirt. Lonzo shirt, Ball so. is cash. Lonzo yeah. Ball is cash. But that was He's tough. He's the next match with Johnson. It was, it was a tough game to watch just because like you just root for the underdog. Right. Um, but RJ Bear made a play. You got to give it to yeah, the kid. Pretty good. He did make a play. Now, here's the matchups with the Sweet 16. Uh, in the East, so the, the Sweet 16, for those who don't know, is basically the semifinals of the region, of like the regions they're in. There's four regions, East, West, South, North. Mm-hmm. Did in the you get east, your regions there? Yes. In the east bracket, okay, the brackets I mean. In the east bracket, in one matchup, we have Duke, the one seed, versus Virginia Tech, the four. Then we also have Maryland. No, wait, no. Then we. Maryland so Duke, got Virginia out, Tech. Buddy. Yeah, then it's LSU, Michigan State. Jamon Green's alma mater. Yes. And also, it's also, um, what's, oh, there's a guy from there. Lucius? Oh, Lucius. Lucius something. Some guard, right? Yeah, he was a guard. He was pretty good. <laughs> he was, um, yeah, he yeah. was something. <laughs> yeah, so that's the east bracket up there. For the west bracket, we have Gonzaga, the one, versus Florida State, the, the four. Zags. And we also have another 2-3 matchup in the other semifinal of that region with Texas Tech versus Michigan. Two straight game, two straight brackets with the top four seeds in it. Yes, sir. That's pretty interesting there. Um, now for the... Oh, that's okay. Now for the south bracket, or the north, whichever one pops up. I think it'll be north. Let's see. It is the mid. Oh, Midwest. There's no north. Bracket. Oh, my God. Midwest, whatever. Anyways. Lovely. In this one, we have North Carolina. Why the did they seed. even call it Midwest? Uh, I, I, used, I remember when they had, like, the... So let's say, like, the regional, like, the regional finals, like, in Oakland. Yeah. It would be the Oakland bracket. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The Oakland region or something like that. But now whatever, it's this is the Midwest region. Yeah. For, so the first matchup there is North Carolina, who was also a one seed, versus the five seed Auburn. So no one four matchup in that conference in this bracket. However, there's another two three matchup with Kentucky the two versus Houston the three. I didn't know Great Houston game. had a good basketball team until a couple weeks ago. They've been killing it. Um, yeah, their games haven't been close. They're pretty good. They're a pretty good team there. Um, now in the other in the final area of the bracket, the South region. Uh, we have Virginia, a one seed. All one seeds are still available, or so in the tournament. Yes, sir. Versus a twelve seed Oregon, mm. the only tw- the only seed lower than a five, 
still alive in the bracket. The Ducks. Uh, yes. Then also, the second semifinal, it's Purdue at the three versus Tennessee the two. So we have four 2-3 matchups, two 1-4 matchups, one 1-5, and one 1-12 matchup. Yeah. So that what do you think about these games? Do you have a Final Four prediction? Yes, I have a prediction. We said this, uh, me and James talking about this on the podcast a couple, last episode, I believe. Actually, the last two episodes. We gave our championship pick last episode as well. But for those who probably forgot, my final four was Duke. Then it was um, Gonzaga. The Zags. Tennessee and UNC. And I had Duke versus North Carolina in the finals with Duke winning 88-84. Wow, you got a score and everything. Yes, because for ESPN, let's say someone had... Yes, it's a tiebreaker. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah. What's your final four predictions? I have. I also have Duke in the final four. Um, I think once you once they beat Taco Fall, I don't think I don't think I think they have too much momentum now. Mm. I have UNC, and then Virginia. So pretty much all one seeds here, but I do not have Gonzaga making the final four. I like oh. Michigan. I like mm. the yellow. I like Michigan. Michigan. Yeah. So I have Duke, UNC, Michigan, and Virginia, and then. I have Virginia actually winning it all with Kyle Guy. They're a standout oh. shooter who I want to see play on the Golden State Warriors one day. Actually, mm. he has a he has a shot similar to Kyle Korver. And um, is, is that who he reminds you of, or is there another player in the league that kind of reminds you of his, Guy? his his shot is just like Kyle Korver, but I'd say he plays something like a oh I don't know Paul George. Hmm. Kind of like a Paul George, Kyle Korver That'd be a pretty hybrid. Good That'd be, huh, that's a good player. Yes, sir. Good shooter there. So you have Virginia winning the title. Uh, Virginia did not get upset by 16 seed this year. However, yes. they were down by a lot to them. They were down by, by a 14. lot. By 14. I was like, is this happening again? But There's no happen. way. Uh, but now, now we're going to move on to some 49ers talk. Oh, yes. And, yeah, so... What's your thoughts on the 49ers' free agency so far? Was What was the one move you liked? What was the one move that kind of confused you a little bit? Okay, so, so I think you might disagree with me here, but the one move I really, really like, even though we had a lot of running backs, I love stealing Tevin Coleman away mm. from Atlanta. Now, a lot of people look at Tevin Coleman and think that he's like a freakish talent just because he has so much speed, but I think he's going to be a really good locker guy. I think he's going to bring that presence that you need, and in today's NFL, you need multiple running backs. That's just the truth. Like, Very rarely will you see workhorses. There's there's right. Barkley, there's Elliott, but you're running out of names. There's Gordon, but like a lot of people are turning to this running back by committee i want a fresh running back for every snap and tevin coleman i gotta tell you he reminds me of a young lt yes that's mm. ladanian tomlinson tevin coleman is wow. what ladanian tomlinson was to the chargers hopefully what he will be bring to the niners i know the niners do have a lot of running backs we can talk about jarek mckinnon talk about all sorts of running backs mm. they have but i really like the signing of coleman what about Jeff? This is not a free agent signing, but they have a running back named Jeff Wilson Jr. What do you think he ranks among their uh, backs? Jeff Wilson Jr. He, God, it's just so funny because if you take the Niners, even from a fantasy football perspective, last year you plug almost anyone in there and they were just productive. If you think about it, like because because you came into the season having McKinnon and then obviously he goes down, but then you you turn to Breida and he has such a hot start, and then Mostert has a hot start, and Jeff Wilson yeah. has a hot start. They're just. I don't know what it is about Niners running backs, but they just know how to play football. I feel like we have a good coaching unit, and we just have running backs that can produce, and that's why I'm really excited to see what we have this year. 
Yeah, uh, yeah, that was a good free agent sign in there. I liked the, when I first heard. Well, before like the offseason, me and James did like a little prediction of who we would think would sign up the Niners. Yeah, and who and who was it? Who'd when he when he brought up Tevin Coleman, I said James. They have like four running backs. Why would they <laughs> sign another one? Well, they did, and he was kind of right. Which don't think, doubt Shanahan. Yeah, plus the deal was pretty good. It was like two years, ten million, but yeah. only like five guaranteed. Yeah, that was a good move there by them. And uh, then you asked me about it. Yeah, confusing... what was the one move you didn't like really? Um. It's not that I didn't like it necessarily, but I feel like this is the obvious one to go with. But Jason Verrett is, when healthy, a freak. When that's a key key phrase. When healthy, he's only played five games in three years. That's the, the thing. Yeah, the best of the best what ability is, a, is availability. What is our obsession with injured players, Jake? Please tell me. I think what they're doing is that they go, they buy low, okay, and hoping for a jackpot. So now, if you low think, risk, high reward, because his money's like it's like one year with like, like I believe like under a million guaranteed, and the rest are ex- incentives. Like incentives, yeah. yeah. So if he gets injured, you only you it doesn't kill your that is fair. Your, uh, like cap. ideally, like a Verrett Sherman corner scheme would be really really cool. Like once upon a time, yeah. But this is 2019. I'm not saying that I'm against it. I just want to see what happens. Right. So, what are what is your thoughts on on the biggest free agent signing we had in K one Alexander then? Because we did throw mm-hmm. him quite, quite a nice contract over there. When I first heard that he wanted twelve to thirteen million, I was like, okay, buddy, we all want things. <laughs> yeah, you played for Tampa. Yeah, so. but then he got thirteen and a half million. I was like, for Quan Alexander, he had a torn ACL. Yes. What is this nonsense? Then I watched him play. I was like, oh, if he's healthy, okay. Let me ask you a question. Would be a bad sign. Who does he remind you of? He kind of reminds me of Ruben Foster about the oh god off the field issues. Off the field issues. He plays were... like them. If you look at like stats, the linebackers that missed the most tackles. How old is he? Is he? He's twenty four. Okay, he's old, that's pretty... he's younger than Ruben Foster. That's ridiculous. Yeah, if you look at the stats of missed tackles by linebackers, they're all the same guy. Miles Jack, Telvin Smith. Oh really? Quan Alexander. Oh, these are some good players. Yeah, actually. and. It was Ryan Shazier and Ruben Foster. They're all like 6'1", 230, but they're all really fast. No, yeah, K1 looks yeah. very, very fast. It's healthy, though. He's a 20 CL. However, That's though, the thing, man. they did sign to a four-year deal. However, it, let's say like it doesn't work out. They can yeah. cut him after this year and not have any – only have like oh, a couple, no. only have $6 million in dead money over the next three years. So basically $2 million a year. So they can get out of it relatively easily. But I just want – I want to have a healthy player for once. I want to have. I agree. I want to have a healthy player, but if 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 our bets pay off, this guy could be a force. That's what I'll say. This Their defense could, could be, be pretty good. Their defense could be. Is, we need to see what happens in this draft, man. The draft. Yeah. Oh, speaking of the draft, I have a three round mock draft. Okay. So these are my three picks. I think that okay. if I was a GM and they're on the clock, I would draft that these guys. Two of them I know really well. The third guy I just kind of threw his name out there. Sure. Uh, I kind of liked his name. But for my first pick, it would be Nick Bosa out of Ohio State. Uh, the you think he's round. still going to be there? I do. You believe in the Kyler? I hype. do. I think. Okay. I think either Cardinals are going to draft Kyler Murray, trade or they're going to trade down. Yes, sir. Like, and Raiders are going to trade a whole entire draft for Kyler. Oh Murray. man, I think that might happen. And if he's available, and Nick Bosa's available, you have to draft. Him. Do you think Bosa can mesh with our locker room? Yes. However, you may have to delete his Twitter. <laughs> um, but I'll get over it quickly if he gets 15, 15 sacks a year I'll get over it quickly <laughs> even 8 sacks I'll be like okay you know what first year he was young 
He didn't mean what he said. Bosa. What do you think about Bosa sitting out in the, in college when he mm-hmm. could have been playing? One hand, I get it. The other hand, I think it's kind of selfish. Mm-hmm. But I agree with him more that since he's not getting paid in college, that the yeah. pros mean more. It is tough to like. And why would you risk getting a career-ending injury? For over nothing, nothing pretty really. much. Yeah. yeah. However, like if they went to the college football playoffs and he said, "Okay, I'm not playing the playoffs," I'm like, "Okay." <laughs> What are you doing? Yeah, there's like some random bowl game no one cares about, like Fair the enough. Poinsettia Bowl. Like, okay. <laughs> yeah, the Poinsettia Bowl. Like, okay, I understand why. That's not a bowl. Yeah, there it is actually. The San Diego Credit Union. The San Diego Credit Poinsettia Union. Uh, San Diego Credit Union Poinsettia Bowl. Man, they'll just throw bowls on anything these days. Yeah, so I would. If he didn't play, if he's like, you know, I'm not going to play that. Like, okay, that's fine. However, I would have liked to see him play just to, just because I want to see how good he was. Exactly. But to see for that. I like the Bosa pick, you know? though. For my second pick, I'm going wide receiver. Okay. I wanted Hakeem Butler from Iowa, who's 6'6". Ooh. However, he was ta- in the draft I did, he was taken by the Colts before. So the next best guy was Nikhil Harry out of Arizona State, who's a wide receiver. He's 6'4". Mm. He really reminds me of a, I believe he's Randy Moss's size. Okay. Um... Oh my! Are you are you going to say he is reminds you of Randy Moss? No, not okay. no no I'm not gonna say that. Okay. Uh, he doesn't remind me of Randy Moss. He does remind me a little bit of Julio Jones though. Oh, um, they're wow. both good after the catch. Jones is much faster, but Harry's a little bit taller and weighs more. Mm-hmm. Um, plus, he'd be like the Niners' biggest receiver. He'd be a red zone threat, and they yes, need a red yeah. zone guy. He'd be he's six four. Well, so we did we did just get Jordan Matthews. Oh yeah, Jordan Matthews. Yeah, who, yeah, Jordan Matthews. Yeah, Jordan Matthews. Man, this is something that I'm really excited about, and not to stray off topic from the draft a bit, but I feel like people do not give Jordan Matthews enough credit for what he did in Philadelphia. Jordan Matthews is to me the current day like Terrell Owens. He reminds me of a Terrell Owens. And I know a lot of people will get on my case for that. But Jordan Matthews, his his cuts, his route running, his mm. he just has a steez. He has he has swagger to him. And yeah, I really I like that. that Jordan Matthews is a 49er. Yeah, it was a good signing there. Plus it's cheap signing as exactly. well. Exactly. It's a cheap yeah. TO. Who's yeah. who's gonna say no to a cheap TO? Hopefully no. The one, Eagles. HK. That'd be bad. Yeah. The Eagles would say no. Yes. But uh, but anyways, HK, my last draft, my last pick in this three round mock draft that I'm doing. Yeah. Never watched him play. I just basically picked the free safety of a cool name and this guy came up. So his name is Nasir Adderley from, from Delaware. Delaware. Delaware, wow. He's six one, like two ten, runs like a four four forty. Okay. Is a free safety, which the Niners need because they have Jimmy Ward. Yeah, which... what do you think about Jimmy Ward? He's been here forever now, I hmm. feel like. I think he's alright. <laughs> what do you think about it? I th- uh, if if he's healthy, he's good. If he's not, he's not good. I what do you think, think about Jimmy Ward? I think Who's Jimmy, he remind you of? Jimmy Ward is just like, he's just a player that I feel like the team kind of likes hmm. and is just like a cool locker room presence because he's been there for a bit. Um, his ceiling, something like Ed Reed, sure. Hmm. If everything goes well. Only I- Ed Reed? It, I think he's a mix of Ed Reed, John Lynch, and maybe a little bit of uh, Steve Atwater. Steve Atwater, uh, what a reference. Yeah, the old Broncos guy. Yes, sir. Um, we could see some Ed Reed action, but it's just inconsistent here. That's yeah. the thing. But but he has potential, don't get me wrong. Yeah. His name is Jimmy Ward. Uh, yeah, that'd be good. That's a good free safety name. Uh, back to Nasir Adderley. He's, uh, he'd be a good 
third round pick. I don't think he'll be available in the third round, but if he is, you have to do it immediately. Yes, sir. Or else this draft will be a failure. So, if you don't, if Nasir Adderley's there and they don't draft him, this whole offseason was a failure. And I think you would have to think about firing John Lynch. Yes. Um, and maybe getting away from Kyle Shanahan. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, and maybe even, I hate to go this far, but maybe the trade Nick Mullins, who I think is the, I think Nick Mullins to me. Quintessential backup quarterback in the NFL. Or are you gonna I go was going to go further? Nick Mullins should be the starter, but since we played oh Jimmy God. Garoppolo a lot of money, um, he'll be the starter. So but you're I a think, big fan of Nick Mullins? Oh, big fan of Nick Mullins. Who does yes. he remind you of? Give us Sealy. Oh, he, reminds me of, Sealy. he reminds me of Brett Favre. Went to the same school, same number, Had broke all his stats. They throw. He had 13 touchdowns, 10 interceptions. That's a lot like Brett Favre, but the most touchdowns and a lot of interceptions as well. I think he could be like Brett Favre. What do you think about Nick Mullins? I think Nick Mullins is best case something like a Nick Foles where mm. and I and I don't say that case. with disrespect. I don't say that with disrespect yeah, at all MVP. because in today's NFL you need you don't know what can happen. Right. And so if you look at the Eagles this plug and play type of player, I think he's important. I think he knows the playbook. I think he understands and I think he's I think there's value to him. Mm. And Brett Favre it's an interesting take there. Yeah. Um, it's it's a hot one, but so then what do you think about Jimmy G? Who does Jimmy G remind you of? The goat himself. I think Tony Romo. <laughs> uh, they're a little bit they they're injury prone, but when they're healthy, they're really good. Same number went to the same college as well. Oh, they um, did go yeah, to the Eastern, same college. Eastern, You're right. Eastern, Eastern Illinois. Illinois. Uh, they. He throws Jimmy Garoppolo is, like prone for interceptions. So is Tony Romo. But Jimmy G's, um, I feel like a bit better on the run. Yeah, yeah, I think. Jimmy G is a good, solid starter. I just think Nick Mullins has a better, like, you know, skill set that could chance to win. Yeah, he'll he'll win more games for you. I see. Um, but yeah, it's so they do have a good quarterback system. Though, so with this draft, CJ Beathard. Oh God, let's not get started on Beathard. Let's not. Um, but so you think the Niners do stay with their draft pick and they don't trade down? I think they trade down if Nick Bosa's gone at one. Because okay. I think a team's going to be that like, hey, sense. we'll give you our next three drafts. So you don't think we get that guy. other edge rusher? Man, what is his name? Josh Allen. Josh Allen. You don't think nah, we get the Josh Allen? I think so. I think Nick Bosa could be a generational talent. You take a chance on him. But I agree yeah. with you. If he's gone. Trade back. Some teams you don't think You don't think they go out on a limb and take Kyler at the two? Well, I don't think they would take Kyler. <laughs> uh, they have, they have C.J. Mullins. Who, C.J. No, Nick Mullins. Yeah. And C.J. Beathard. Uh, Kyler Murray, I think, is going to go... Either one or two. Do you think Kyler Murray can be a productive player in the NFL? I think he'll be a pretty good player. I think he might go to the Patriots, actually. He's going to make a Pro Bowl for, with the Patriots as a cornerback, though. I oh, don't think he's going to be a good quarterback. Oh, a cornerback? I think the Patriots you don't could see, do something. You don't see the young Russell Wilson in him? No, I see compared... more of a Johnny Manziel uh, type. <laughs> Uh, what about you? <laughs> Shout out Johnny Manziel, though. Honestly, he's uh, he actually just joined that Memphis football team. Yeah, the, the Memphis Express. Yeah, and he's been killing it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the cornerback shot is interesting. I like. I don't know. I think he's gonna be a fail too, but mm. I think that he has a career in baseball. I really he could do. always he could always go back. I to really baseball. think he has like a Tim career Tebow. in baseball. Exactly. Tim Tebow. Speaking of Tim Tebow, he's playing for the Mets minor league system now. Yeah, do you he think, may make the majors. Do you think? Do you, we'll, wait, how about this? Do you think we'll see him in the majors? And if so, who does he remind you of as a player? Tim Tebow, that is. Tim Tebow in the majors. Yes. I 
I think we will see Tim Tebow in the majors. I think mm. it's a new year. I think it's 2019. Who does Tim Tebow remind me of? Yeah. This is tough. I think... I honestly see a little bit of Barry in him. Mm. I see a little bit of Barry, Barry Bonds in him. If you look at how he steps up to the plate, if you look at As the attention... Presence. Exactly. If you look at the attention that he commands, if you look at his outfield play, if you look at his grit, do you see Barry in him? Yeah, I can see it. Um... Barry, uh... Barry Bonds, of course. Oh, Barry... Oh, Barry Bonds. They're about Barry Larkin. No, not Larkin. Oh, uh, no, I was like, wait a minute. Larkin's a second baseman. No, 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 no. Bonds, hmm. I don't know if I see Bonds there, HK. The but... thing is, Tebow doesn't juice, so that's why I feel oh, like yeah. we're not going to get... He's a religious man, too. Exactly. So he would never do that stuff, but... Yeah, so that's NFL. Do you have any other NFL news you may want to talk about, you may have on your mind? What do you think about this Antonio Brown and Le'Veon Bell and it looks like the demise of the Pittsburgh Steelers. I kind of want to get into it. Do you mm. think... Because a lot of people are giving Ben... They're kind of throwing him under the bus. Um, I agree. Personally, never really been that big of a fan of Ben Roethlisberger. Yeah. I've, I've said this before. I think, even though Ben has a Super Bowl ring, I think Phillip Rivers is a better quarterback overall. I agree with that. Plus, and... Big Ben's never been on... The one thing about Big Ben, though, is he's a good character. Never been in trouble off the field. He's never um, been in trouble off the field, right, correct? Yeah. He's good at riding motorcycles. Mm-hmm. He does what he needs to do. He respects do. women. Doesn't do he respects anything. women. Yeah. Um, but when you have a player like Antonio Brown on your team and you're having that much issues... Something's wrong. Something is wrong. Yes. And I don't think it's with Brown. I'm just going to say it. I really don't think it's with mm. Brown. Yeah. I think it's more of a... Yeah, I agree. I think Mike Tomlin's at fault there. Mike Tomlin um, is at fault. He used yeah. to be the NFL. He looks like an owl, too, apparently. He's, he used to be say. the NFL golden coach, but... Now he's kind of losing his... Uh, okay, this is this is a way too, way too early prediction, but just because I want to. Who do you think Who do you think can go to the Super Bowl this year? Ooh, I think it's going to be Niners-Browns. Niners-Browns? You'd yeah. like OBJ in uh-huh. Cleveland. I wish he was in, I wish he was in San Francisco. Oh, he would look so nice in our San Francisco red. And um, or trade for him. I'm going to go San Francisco-New England. Mm, oh, I like Brady. I still and who like. Who do you Brady. think will be starting for the Niners? Would it be Garoppolo, or do you think Nick Mullins could lead them? I, I sadly, I'm not as hype as Mullins as you are, but I think we will see Jimmy G there, and I think we'll see Tevin Coleman there, <laughs> and on his way to locking up an MVP this year. Ooh. Yes, you heard it first. Today is what's the date today? Twenty six. March twenty six. Today, I'm saying Tevin Coleman. Wins National Football League MVP this year. Oh, that would be an upset. That would be a pretty good signing, too, if that happened. Yes, sir. Um, but, yeah, I agree with that. Um, but, yeah, I think that's about it. But let's see here. Well, thank you for having me. Yeah, no issues. I don't think there's anything else I want to say. But yeah, I look forward it. to coming here more often. Maybe one day I'll reveal my identity. I don't Maybe. Know. We'll let's see what happens. Let's get ahead of ourselves. You just got put in the witness protection program. Yes, you have to sir. wait a little bit. We'll see. But yeah, I don't think there's anything else. Oh, wait a minute. Oh, no. Ah, uh, HK, the NFL news. It never, ever stops. Let me just find the NFL news. There it is. According to Jason Law Confura, the Seahawks are bringing in Nick Perry for a visit. According to Clarence Hill Jr. of the Fort Worth Star-Telegram, the Dallas Cowboys plan to ask Alan Hearns to take a pay cut. 
That's Alan Hearns, man. Mm. Alan Hearns. That's a bold move there by the Cowboys. Anyways, and finally, HK, Queen Elizabeth II was a big fan of Nintendo Wii. Oh, wow. After she after the Queen saw Kate Middleton give one to Prince William for Christmas in 2008, she watched them play and wanted to join in as well. Wow, the Queen can get down. Mm-hmm. She likes Wii-ing. She does like Wii-ing. I'd like to see her Wii. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Probably shouldn't say that witness protection, but... Pause. Anyways... Yeah, and that's the NFL news. And that's all the time we have awesome. for HK. It's been a pleasure. That was your first ever appearance. How do you think it went? Um, I think it was cool. Um, mm. I kind of liked it. I liked our hot takes. Uh, yeah, I agree. I think that this could go down in history if our takes come true. And I just mm. want to say that we called it first. Yeah, So I agree with that. But, but yeah, yeah. Well, thank shout you out to BA yeah. Podcast. Yeah, thank you for coming and being on the podcast. Yes, sir. And yeah, if you want to... Well, we can't say your Instagram because... No, 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 I don't even want to plug it. Yeah, we can't plug anything there because Wins Protection's there. But yeah, it's all the time Um, we have. uh, I'd say say send it. I agree with that. And on that note, and your appearance there, thank you for joining us. Peace, motherfuckers. Thank you to HK for joining the episode. Uh, It was a lot of fun having him on. So some Giants news for you. Uh, The Giants have made a flurry of moves in the past couple of days. Um, Some of this may be... um, uh, prior learn information from last episode but just for me to reiterate for those probably for those who probably have forgotten by now uh, here's what the Giants have done in the last couple of days um, they've first off they acquired Michael Reed from the Minnesota Twins for I believe I think it was on a waiver claim um, but they got him he's probably gonna make the team Unless they make a move for an outfielder in the next couple of days season starts this Thursday against the San Diego Padres um, but as we've seen in the past couple of hours of last past couple of days of uh, Farhan Zaidi, who's the Giants' new president of baseball operations, he's not afraid to make moves. So they got Michael Reed from the Twins. They then DFA'd Drew Ferguson, who was a Rule Five pick from the Astros, who didn't really cut it out for what they wanted. Only had a one eleven slugging percentage, which is really bad. Uh, they need more than something. Need, they need more of an outfitter than him. So they gave him back to the. Uh, Astros for $50,000, I believe it was. Uh, so he's back in their organization. They DFA'd Mirandi Gonzalez, who they picked up from the Marlins off waivers earlier in the offseason. Uh, earlier in spring training, actually. Uh, they're hoping that he goes through waivers so they can put him back in their AAA roster, which will add depth to what they need, and which will add much needed depth to their minor league system that they need. Um, they then traded for Eric Kratz, who is a catcher from the Milwaukee Brewers, 38. He's going to make the team as a backup catcher, as an elite defensive catcher. Not much hitting, but he brings a plus-plus arm, plus-plus defense, which is if you, if you can't get a guy who's like, when you, for backup catchers, what you, need, what you want is a guy with a lot of power or is a really good defender. Um, he may not be good defense if he has a lot of power. may not have a lot of power if he's, not, if he's good at defense. So it's kind of like a you kind of take one – you kind of take one and get rid of the other, really. Because um, if they had both, they would be starting catchers. But they're not. They're bench guys. So that's why they're on the bench. Um, but, yeah, they got him from the Milwaukee Brewers. They also picked up another catcher off waivers, John Murphy. John Murphy from the Colorado Rockies. Um, he may make the team as well as their third catcher. To think of carrying three catchers in case of Buster Posey needs Buster Posey's like not healthy for if he's not fully recovered from the surgery they had this offseason. They'll have him as well. Um, they traded Matt Joyce to the Atlanta Braves for cash. Uh, we usually don't know how much cash they get back. 
So I don't know what they got back for. I don't know how much money they got back for him, but they traded him to the Atlanta Braves. Uh, they also traded last night. They traded Chris Stratton to the Los Angeles Angels for Williams Jerez. Chris Stratton was a former first round pick, starter, did a couple starting, started for them for a couple seasons. Uh, very in a, like inconsistent. Sometimes he's really good, sometimes he's really bad. So they traded him to the Angels for left handed reliever Williams Jerez, who was an outfitter when he was first drafted into the majors. He was first drafted to a major league team, changed, changed into a pitcher, which they kind of did with Derek Rodriguez last year as well. Uh, lefty throws 95 97. Strikes out a lot of guys, but also walks a lot of guys. So he's kind of wild like that. Um, he's probably going to start the – he has options. He's probably going to start the year in AAA. Uh, Christian was out of options. So either had to make the team or will go through waivers and probably picked up. So they actually decided to get a guy for him. Uh, they also optioned Andrew Suarez, who started last year as well for the Giants, who was a rookie last year. It was real, pretty good. They optioned him the AAA. They also optioned Aramis, Aramis Garcia, who came up in September last year, played really well, who was supposed to be the backup catcher at the release, Rene Rivera. But they wanted to get more experience and have him play a lot more down in the minors. So that's what he's going to do as well. Um, they also optioned Ty Block, the AAA. Um, he was also a swing starter, long relief guy, lefty, uh, which basically means that Travis Bergen, and who's a Rule 5 pick from the Blue Jays, and Trevor Gott, who they got from the uh, Washington Nationals on a waiver claim. He'll probably make the team as well. He'll probably be the long man reliever. Uh, they should have three relievers, but... We still don't know what the opening day roster is going to be because they have one more preseason game against the A's tonight in San Francisco. And after that, probably on Wednesday, I would guess probably Wednesday we'd see we'll finally find out what the final twenty-five man roster is. Um, expect a lot of movement to go around because that's what the Giants have been doing a lot, uh, just picking up players, you know, releasing players, doing stuff like that. So we don't know who's going to make the. We'll, we'll I'll probably post that on our Instagram um, when we find out what happens for the 25-man roster. But some other MLB news, Chris Sale signed a five-year extension with the Boston Red Sox, over $30 million per year. I believe it's five years, $150 million. I think it's actually $155 million. So $31 million a year. So they signed up to that, so that's a good sign for him. Um, and there's also, that's basically all the MLB news that we had over the, over the weekend. Um, we should expect some moves to be done by all teams by tomorrow before opening day so they get the roster set. Should be a lot of movement. We'll go over that on Friday on the next episode. Um, so yeah, that happens there. But now we have a now we have a special guest who's going to join the podcast. Uh, Michael McDaniel, who's a former wrestler, uh, Ultra Tall Baptist, and Colorado Mesa, um, and we'll get his opinions on everything that's going on wrestling wise in NCAA and around the world. So without further ado, here's the here's the interview that I did yesterday with Michael. So now we are here with our special guest. As you know, James is not doing the podcast today because he has some studying to do, uh, which I don't know what's more important than this or studying, but apparently that's what's more important. But now we have a guest. This is our second get, or third guest ever. Uh, his name is Michael McDaniel. He was a former Division II wrestler at um, Washington. Washington Baptist in Arkadelphia, Arkansas, for some reason, and also <laughs> Colorado Mesa University in Colorado. He was a former, okay, he was a four-year wrestler, and Colorado Mesa, for those who don't know, is Sergio Romo's, Romo's college, uh, former Giants reliever, three championships, most famous alum there. Um, but he's here today to talk about wrestling. As you know, there's something called March Madness that happens in March, and that's NCAA basketball. But for those who don't know, there's also something called March Madness which is basically like the wrestling version of college basketball. 
And that's why he's here today to talk about what's going on in that. It started, I believe, last week? Yeah, it was last week. Um, last week. Yeah, so just go to the basic rules. Yeah, so first off, let me ask the question. Uh, so for those, for those who won't, for those who maybe don't know, what are the rules of college wrestling? And do they differ between like Division Two or Division One or any way? So all the rules are the same in college. They're different in high school. So as you may know, like if you watch UFC, you'll see guys, they'll take each other down and they'll gain control of another opponent. So a takedown in wrestling is two points. So, so say if I double leg someone take them down gain control of them that'll be two points that that's takedowns that's like one of the main things and then then you have escapes so when you're in the top position when you gain control of someone off of a takedown you want to keep them down and then the bottom guy um he wants to get out and get an escape so once he breaks contact gets away gets free that'll be one point that's an escape and do you, do you lose a point if you give up an escape no, you no, just, just gives, so if I get a takedown, it'll be two zero. Then if he gets up, gets escape. out, it's two one. Ah, then one. you have reversals, so that's basically just changing positions. So if the bottom guy um, switches from bottom to top, and then the guy that was on top's on bottom, then that's a reversal. So then it's two points. Okay. So it goes like that, and then so I'll, takedowns are two, reversals are two, escapes are one. Yes, and then. Mm. Obviously, you have your near fall points, so whenever your goals, you know, you obviously want to pin the wrestler, um, which ends the match. You win if you pin the wrestler. Um, but you're also, there's near fall points, so once a wrestler breaks 90 degrees with their back, the ref will start counting, so it'll be 1,001, 1,002, and depending on how long you hold them there on their back, once they break 90 degrees you get a certain amount of points for that. So hmm. in college, if you hold them there from anywhere from two to three seconds, it's two points. If you hold them there for four seconds, you get the full four points. And then obviously, then then there's riding time, which is, it gets kind of confusing with riding time. So if you're when you're in control after a takedown, there's a ride, riding time start. So however long you keep the guy down is riding time. And if it gets over a minute, um, it'll be one point, but then oh. once the other wrestler gets, he's on top. Your riding time that you established. So say, I r- rode a guy for a minute and seven seconds. I I currently have a point. Pause. What? Pause. But yeah, keep going. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I I got it. <laughs> Whatever. Um, you you change positions. So the other guy's on top now. Your riding right. time that you establish it starts going down. So if it gets oh, under, if okay. it gets underneath a minute, you lose that point. So fifty nine seconds, you lose that one point. So it's like let's say you were riding him for a minute and like six seconds. He gets on top of you, and takes it from. So he's on top of you for seven seconds. Goes to fifty nine. You lose the the point. Yeah, currently, um, okay. it gets really dicey and confusing um, in close matches. So say the score is eight to eight or something, and guy has um minute seven of riding time and then there's say there's there's um there's more time on the clock but the riding time dips below 59 seconds and that's a time match and the hmm. time runs out in the third period because there's three periods right so then i'll go to overtime and um how long are overtimes like two minutes or 
Overtime is one minute, so whoever scores first wins, and then after that, it's there's tiebreakers, and it gets it gets kind of confusing from there. And it's mostly um, it's just top bottom and right outs. So it gets kind of confusing. Okay. So yeah, the biggest the biggest issue is just yeah a lot of people they don't understand the rules. Um, but really, if you just sit down and kind of listen to someone explain it, um, and they, if they see it and someone's explaining it to them, it's really easy to understand. Um, but yeah. So do you like the points, like the system, the point system, or do you wish something would be changed? Uh, I, I like the point. I like how they changed the near fall. In high school, it's a – in high school, it's a it's, – it's three points. My dad's here now during the recording of this. Hey, you're, you're on tape. What does that mean? I'm recording with Michael. Yeah? Yeah, you're on tape right now. What are you recording? Wrestling. Wrestling. You want to come join? No, damn it! His <laughs> NCAA tournament. You want to come join? Join what? The, what? the episode. What kind of input should I have? You can just listen instead of interrupting like you just did for a minute and a half. Was the keep silent sign up? No, we don't have one of those. Huh? We have to run away. I suggest you get one. You want to keep? Want to keep listening? He's uh, he's trying to be Damon Bruce. No, I'm not. <laughs> Fuck that guy. <laughs> Anyways, back to what we were doing before we were interrupted. That would be we'll keep in that my in. Own ha- in my own yeah, fucking we'll, house. <laughs> we'll keep that in the. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not cutting anything out. But yeah, back to the point. Do you like the point system, or do you wish it could be changed? Yeah, I like the point system. Um, it's in high school. It's. <laughs> what are you doing? Well, this is gonna be great. All right, keep going. Tanny's He's nine. making me feel awkward. All right. That's Did your girlfriend know you dated Raymond? <laughs> I need to cut that out. No, we'll keep that in too. So yeah, back to the question I asked for the third time. <laughs> Points, you like it or not? Yeah, I like it in college. I like the four-point near fall. Um, high school, it's three-point near fall. So they're trying to make the scoring more exciting uh, for the fans. Um, yeah, I, I really like the scoring more in college. Why isn't there... Like pro wrestling, not fake. There's WWF. As I just said, okay. not fake. Like, like college rules, but like a pro type league. So that's real. Um, because a thirty-year-old man who want to walk around his earlobes smashed the side of his head. <laughs> what happens if he's a two-time Olympic gold medalist? Oh. And he joins WWF and makes more money. What about uh, UFC? Huh? UFC. That, so this is my dad, Thomas Frankel, for those who don't know. If you could go back, would you do wrestling? I did wrestling in, in, uh, in uh, junior high. How were you? Seventh. Huh? How were you in it? I was kind of rough. Oh, it was all strength, no technique. That's <laughs> shocking. Yeah. You pick somebody up, throw them on the ground, and you usually won. Uh, and knock them out. There was no technique. There was no, there was no uh, wrestling at either high school in Alameda. Oh. So we did it in uh, like grade school. Lincoln School, I was at Lincoln School. <laughs> hey, we can't wrestle in high school. Elementary school, yeah, sure. Get them out there. All right, we're back. We moved locations. I uh, just had to. But yes, we're back now. I think it probably sounds better anyways. But we're now back to the question I asked like four times. Why isn't there a – or is there a pro league, like a real wrestling pro league, like for so NCAA? It's – Or no. It's not necessarily a, a league, but it's more of, um, it's like an Olympic team. So the United States team. So 
once uh, the top guys in the country, they're done with their college careers, they'll transfer over to freestyle or Greco-Roman wrestling, and that's the Olympic style of wrestling, and that's what all the other countries do. So hmm. once they're done with college, they can sign contracts, they can sign with shoe companies, clo- like ASICs, um, clothing companies, uh, and then they can start their international career, and that's as far as making world teams, be- becoming a world champion or an Olympic champion. So every year that it's not... Um, the Olympics, it's the World Championships, and hmm. they get yes, yeah, so you can get paid. Um, Jordan Burroughs, he's been in the game for a while. He's a two-time Olympic gold medalist. Is he the most famous wrestler? Um, or who would be? He's in the top five for sure. Hmm. Um, but he's like right now, he's like um, in his he's like at his peak right now. Um, he's getting a little old, but um, he's like thirty something, but. You know, he doesn't do it for the money. He does it for the just the love of the sport and for his family and the community. Um, obviously, wrestling, it's not really the a high-paid sport, obviously. Yeah, it's like, not like NBA. So, I mean, it's... Years. Yeah, you do it for the love of the sport um, and just, you know, the camaraderie. The, can't say that. <laughs> yeah, com- com- camaraderie? Com- camaraderie. Camaraderie. Camaraderie, whatever. Um... Yeah, just the relationships you build with other people, it's really important, and that's what they really enjoy, I think. Hmm, nice. So, yeah, now we're going to move on to the NCAA tournament that started last week. Um, first question is, how does one get into the tournament? Yeah, how does one get into the tournament? That's the first question. So, you have the Pac-12, you have the Big Ten Conference, you have Big 12 Conference, um, you have... IEWA, the Ivy League Conference, um, etc. So, I believe Pac-12. You go. You, you'll go to the Pac-12 tournament. There's only ten weight classes in college wrestling. So, at each weight class, they'll take um, a certain amount of guys. So you got to place. Um, I think 125. So you got to place top three to qualify, and it varies from each weight class. So. Um, I think one fifty. I don't know, like one fifty sevens. They took like one guy only, and then sometimes you get at large bids, so you can kind of get lucky. Um, the Big Tens, they take like eight or nine people, because I mean the Big Ten wrestling conferences, that's the toughest conference in college wrestling. So um, guys are taking eighth, um, or qualifying top eight qual <coughs> qualify, and then <coughs> excuse me. <laughs> And uh, even guys that like, don't place, um, sometimes they can get in. Like, they'll get a large bid and get lucky. So, that's kind of how that works. Oh, nice. So, so, moving on to the tournament, and, well, we already talked about it, but yeah, but to the tournament now, who, in your opinion, is the best team in the tournament? And, like, who's your maybe, like, who's, like, three people that stand out to you as well? in this tournament okay so hands down best tournament or best team in the tournament all um ncas that's penn state uh so they just won their eighth national title in the past nine years so that's um pretty ridiculous and what's really crazy is they clinched the team title so um yeah see wrestling is not only an individual sport it's also a team sport so depending on how guys do and 
uh, each weight class. Um, if they win in like the quarterfinals or certain areas in the bracket, they earn team points, and that goes to the entire team. So Penn State already clinched the team title before the placing rounds. So before the third through seventh place matches even started, they, they clinched. Just, they they were wow. national champions. They didn't. No, nobody's even wrestled in the finals yet individually. And they already won. And they already clinched the team title. It's just absolutely, it's ridiculous. Yeah. They're just that dominant. Um, and I believe Ohio State was in second, Iowa was in third, and that's pretty much how it is every year. It's Penn State, Iowa, or um, yeah, Penn State, Iowa, Ohio State, Michigan, um, maybe another Big Ten or ACC team hmm. thrown in there, but. Yeah, Penn State's been just dominant the past nine years. So it's kind of like Alabama, like yeah. football-wise. Um, funny, yeah, funny thing is I, the year I went, um, Ohio State, the, out of those nine years, I went um, I went in 2015, and uh, Ohio State won the team title that year. So I, I actually didn't get to see Penn State win a team title in wrestling oh, that year. Yeah, I saw Ohio State the win. Yeah. Yeah. So also now, like, who are some wrestlers that, oh. like, stand out so, to you? Um, I think the wrestler that stood out to me the most in, in the entire turn, <coughs> entire tournament. Crap, my voice, man. <coughs> you drink some water. Um, Fuck. I don't have any in here. All right. Uh, wrestler that stood out to me the most uh, was Nick Suriano from Rutgers. Uh, Ruck, so yeah, Rutgers had two national champions. Uh, they I don't even think I think they might have cracked the top ten. I'm not sure, but um, 133 pounds was probably one of the toughest. I mean, every weight class is tough, but 133s it really stood out to me this year. Um, I think on any given day, um, the top seven ranked wrestlers could easily win at any of the top ranked guys. Hmm. Um, and Suriano just put it together um he won the big 10 championship um the week before that and then he wins the nca title <clears throat> and to go back to back weekends like that winning the big 10s and the ncas that's really impressive to do um a lot of guys they'll win big 10s and then come up short at ncas or they'll right um other vice versa so uh, that's pretty impressive um given also the talent in that weight class um and uh, I think, yeah, no, who was number one seed? Who was that? Um, crap, I forgot who the number one seed was in that bracket. Um, but, yeah, and he, it really stood out to me with him because he went through a lot of adversity, um, broke his ankle or tweaked his ankle two years ago. He wrestled for, he actually did wrestle for Penn State at 125. And he actually, he ended up breaking his ankle in uh, the Oklahoma State duel, which was, uh, ended his season and he ended up transferring to Rutgers, his hometown, um, home. I mean, home state, uh, New Jersey. And a lot of people gave him flack about that. A lot of people were talking down, like, "Why would you leave the one of the greatest wrestling um, schools of all time?" Um, and he just wanted to be himself. And he uh, took second the next year, lost to Iowa in the finals, and um, he was. You know, he was heartbroken from that. He really wanted that title. And then now he's a, finally he's an NCAA champion as a junior, and he was the first one in school history. So I, I give it to him. Um, a couple other guys. Um, uh, 
I don't remember this guy's name. I've actually never even seen him wrestle, but um, it was in the 165-pound weight class around there. Um, the eighth seed from Virginia Tech um, knocked off two-time defending national champion Chenzo Joseph from Penn State. Um, I, that was the biggest upset. Is um, it Mecky Lewis? Yes, it was. Yeah, Mecky Lewis. Uh, what weight class was that? It was like one. I think it's one sixty-five. Yeah, hundred. Yeah, it was one hundred sixty-five pounds. Yeah, for those who don't know, I did not know that. I just googled it. Um, he's a freshman, true freshman. Um, and yeah, that was the biggest. Um, he upset everybody. I think he upset the number. Yeah, he upset the number one seed in the quarterfinals, I believe. Then he upsets the four seed, and then yeah, then he knocks off two-time defending national champion Chenzo Joseph so as as a freshman. So, um, he has a bright future. That was the biggest upset. And then my next wrestler is uh Yanni Diakamahalis from Cornell, one hundred and forty-one pounder. And what's funny is I've actually wrestled him. Um, he kicked my ass. <laughs> uh, I it was at an open tournament in uh, Las Vegas. Um, I'm gonna. That's my third wrestler. He came out. Um, that was a really close match with um, Joey McKenna. Came down to the very end, and he got um, he got the takedown to go to overtime. Went to overtime, got another takedown to win another national title back to back. So yeah, crazy fact. I've wrestled um, two back to back defending national champions at the Division One level. Um, the other one I wrestled was Zahid Valencia. He's a Cali guy. Uh, he won state in Cali three times, I believe. I wrestled him in high school, and um, he wrestles at Arizona State at 174 pounds. And he also um, went. I think he went. Yeah, I think he went back to back. He beat Mark Hall from Penn State. So that was a, huh. another big deal. Nice. So those are your three main guys. Yeah. Well, now three, four. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know how many <laughs> But uh, back to now, the last thing is. Now we're going to talk about your wrestling career at Colorado Mesa and Ocha- Wachita <laughs> Baptist. Yeah, so... Um, so what was, like, the difference between those two schools? Um, the difference... Uh, well, when I went to Wachita Baptist, we were ranked fourth in the country. Um, I obviously I ended up transferring... Um, I just I don't know what the coaches our coaches left. Um, I I made some really good friends out there, and I really I'm glad I experienced going out there. Um, but uh, I I mean our all my coaches left, um, and then it kind of just scattered from there. Um, but we did we took fifth in the nation as a team that year. I made some really good friends. I got really good experience with upperclassmen. Um, just kicking my butt every day, getting me better. And then, yeah, um, nice. so then, yeah, I decided to, it, it was super expensive too. I didn't have much scholarship money. Oh. So, and I was far away from home. I was kind of homesick. Um, but it was definitely a good experience. I wouldn't take away any from any, I wouldn't take away anything from that experience. Um, and then when I went to Colorado Mesa. Now, were there like other, was that like the, so how did like the, transfer thing work like did you get offers from schools or like no i didn't, did you I just didn't get walk, any offers. You just pick just walk just on picked, basically just pick up just call a coach and say hey i'm interested and then is that like the closest one that said yeah or what 
not necessarily. I just one of my well, one of my friends wrestled at Colorado State Pueblo. Um, that's like south of Denver. So I, I'm like, my dad's like, hey, like, why don't you look at Colorado? Colorado's a cool place um, to live. It's beautiful. Um, out in the on the mountains, on the country, kind of. And yeah. I was like, all right, I'll take a look at it. And um, Colorado Mesa is actually it's out in the desert, so we don't. Hmm. I mean, I don't think we get. I think we get a lot of snow there, but people that live there, like, we don't get any snow. So hmm. um, it was a different. It was different for me. And then. Um, yeah, I just basically picked up the phone. I called the coach. I'm like, hey, I'm interested. I want to take a look at your campus. Um, I met with uh, I met up with Larry Wilbanks, uh, assistant coach, and Chuck Pfeiffer. And right then and there, I was just like, yeah, I, I like this place. This is where I want to be. Um, hmm, nice. Gave me a tour of the campus. Super nice campus. Um, uh, as far as academics, they had a great uh, business department. And I just the town, the scenery is just it just fit perfectly for me. And then um my overall experience uh wrestling. Um man, so from high school, yeah, so high school yeah, I started wrestling in the seventh grade and once I transitioned from so high school I that's when I accomplished all my like basically my goals. Like I went my goal is to always go to state. Um, but now when I look back because I qualified for state my senior year, I look back and I, I mean, it kind of really hurt me. Like I re- now I wish it's like man, I wish I would have placed at state or been a state champion. Um, but at the time I just didn't like. That was what I was satisfied with. So right. Um, I kind of lit some fire in me once I lost at state. My last I lost my last match at high school state. I was kind of didn't hit me until the next day. I'm like wow, my like career's over. So lit some fire in my belly and then. Um, I'm like, yeah, when I'm going to wrestle, I've always decided to wrestle. I started, I decided to wrestle in college, um, when I was a junior. So, I mean, I just looked ahead. I'm like, whatever, it's fine. I'm going to wrestle in college now. I'm going to wrestle with the big, big boys. Right. So the transfer to college was insane. Um, the intensity level, I, I had no idea what I was getting myself into, um, as far as, um, physicalness intensity wise um i thought i was just gonna go in there and just oh i'm you know i can, I can hang with these guys right like how big was the jump because you know like in college like in basketball they say like high school to college is a big jump but the biggest jumps like college to the pros like how big of the jump how big of a jump from high school to that was it? it's like a huge it's just a it's a biggest jump as any other sport honestly um <laughs> biggest difference i think from high school wrestling high school wrestlers were trying to it's not really all about winning or losing. You, you kind right. of pick and choose if you want to be as good as you want to be. Um, you want you're, We're trying to develop young men for the future right. in high school, and then college. All you all they care about, all you gotta worry about is winning and losing. Like if you're not winning, like no one's gonna give a shit about you. Like you're right. you're dirt. You're down. Even it, sometimes it can be like that with the coaches. You know, it's just the way it works. They're gonna pay attention to the guys that are starting. Right. Um. And you know, but so they'll you build a relationship. Um, it's just it sucks when you lose, and then if you're not winning in college, you know it takes you down mentally. And you, the biggest thing is you can't check out. If you got two guys, if you're a backup and you got two guys ahead of you, they're way better than you. Right. You can't just mentally check out and be like, man, I can't beat these guys. Why am I even here? Because you never know when 
they can get hurt or they, their grades are bad and they, they fall out, then you're next in line to take over their spot. Right, you have to be ready. So I kind of learned that too, just to stay focused no matter what, um, no matter how many times I lose, no matter how many times, how many um, hardships I go through. Right. Um, and just st- believing like in my coaches. Um, I really like. I really believed in my coaches at Colorado Mesa. They did a great job. Um, Larry Wilbanks and Chuck Pfeiffer, uh, Lino Estrada. Um, shout out to them. Uh, they really um, did a great job. Um, and uh, also injuries, like injuries in college. I experienced a lot of injuries in college. What was your worst injury? I had a knee infection. E. So, I went to the I went to the hospital New Year's Eve. Um, year and a half ago, I believe, and it was the worst pain I've ever. Couldn't even put any weight on my leg. It, it ruined my season because, um, I was out for a month and a half on crutches. Oh yeah. Damn. Couldn't walk. Couldn't do anything. Couldn't exercise. Couldn't maintain my weight, so my metabolism slowed down. I was, I was, and then when I, by the time I wanted to come back, I was just I wasn't even healthy yet, and I just right. I had to because the season was coming to an end. And I said, hey, I want a shot at my starting spot because the guy, another guy took my spot for that time. Right. Um, and obviously, I just crumbled. I, I did not wrestle to my ability. I was just not myself. And I lost my spot. So that basically ended my career and my season in college. Um, it was frustrating as heck. But um, to be honest, I was glad it was over because right. – I wrestled for so long. I gave it everything I had, especially in college. Um, but I wouldn't take away anything from that experience. So, um, if anything, um, it made me a better person, especially in the uh, working world. Nice. Yeah, so um, maybe one last question would be, um, do you see yourself getting like into coaching wrestling or what? So, yeah, I'm coaching at uh, Monta Vista right now you know stick with my roots yeah um we don't have a big team um i think we got like 15 guys um i actually just came back in the middle of last year my dad's still helping out there as best he can um and i just we don't have a i mean we're not there yet but um You're building we have a couple of good guys got some i mean all of them have potential to be honest um right. we had uh couple guys go to ncs um did one guy did the really good a couple like they they all did good one guy did um i think he went yeah he went two and two so that's That's progress um and i just think uh biggest thing we just need to grow the um, wrestling community around you know danville san ramon it's not really big not really many people are really interested in it and um i mean a lot of kids, you know, they have those opinions. Oh, uh, wrestling's gay, or I don't want to do it. I I don't want to wear the tights. But in reality, it's um, it's like, hey, do you watch UFC? Like, do you like Daniel Cormier? Do you like right. Ben Askren? Do you like um, Khabib? You know, Khabib, the like Cody Garbrandt, T.J. Dillashaw, and they're like, oh yeah. Well, guess what they did? They all wrestled. They all most of them all wrestled in college. Okay, yeah. Um, and it's just, they don't know what to say to that. So, I mean, it's just, um, just a lot of kids that aren't familiar with it. Right. Um, but right down the road, uh, Dale Sal and they're the, you know, the they've best. won, they've won NCS the past 12 years in wrestling. So, 
kind of want to get up kind of want to get up there and battle with them it's going to take time though yeah but um it's good it's just good like every sport's good um we're trying to get some football guys out hopefully but right we're trying to take any kids right now so um yeah well that will that should do it actually well it was great having you on for the first time um so yeah do you want to like uh say anything to the fans who listened to this i guess <laughs> well um 20 of you so so um I, my ex my um when i was trying to explain wrestling it wasn't that great but um <laughs> i tried my best <laughs> yeah it should be fine this is a low budget low yeah uh, we don't because me and james do some episodes and like, i talk a little fast I, I i have some at least he didn't stutter a lot. I have issues with that. <laughs> Me and James do some of the worst episodes ever. Like, why are we releasing this when you release it? Yeah, that's all good. But yeah, so yeah, that should do it. And yeah, thanks for coming by. Alright, thanks Jake. No problem. So yeah, thank you to Michael for joining us yesterday. A lot of good information from there. Um, so hopefully you listened to that. Hope you got some knowledge from it as well. Uh, but now... Uh, we're going to end the episode with some with a segment that we have called Winners and Losers of the Weekend. Since James isn't here, it'll be me doing the Winners of, and Losers of the Weekend. Um, so first, I'll go with my Loser of the Weekend. And that happens to be Fletcher McGee, who was a guard from Wofford in the NCAA tournament. Uh, they lost in the second round to Kentucky by, I believe, 8 points. Uh, he went 0 for 12 from 3 against Kentucky. And that happened to be the worst night, or the worst shooting night in uh, tournament history. Um, so 0 for 12 from three, that's, he's, he's usually a great three point shooter. You had the most three point shots in um, in NCAA history with over 500 of them in his four year career in, in college. So he ends his college career on kind of a, like a sour note there. Um, but my winner, but so that's my loser of the weekend. My winner of the weekend would probably be Anthony Pettis. Uh, for those who don't know, he's a UFC fighter. He fought this week against Stephen Thompson, I believe his name. His nickname is Wonder Boy, Stephen Thompson. Uh, Anthony Pettis was a former, uh, I believe, was a former champion in the UFC. I forget the weight class he was a champion in, but he was a champion as well. He is one of the best of all time. He'll be a, people say in the MMA world that the, he will be a first round, I mean a first ballot Hall of Famer. I don't know if that's true or not because I don't know much about MMA, like the like meat and potatoes of it. But, I think people was a word for it. And he won his fight in Nashville, his hometown, with a Superman punch against Stephen Thompson that knocked him out completely. If you want to look that up, you can go on YouTube and just type in Pettis Stephen Thompson. See the punch there. He basically jumped, did a Superman pose, hit him right in the face, and knocked him out. And that was the fight there. Um, he's back in his winning ways, so that's a good fight for him. So he's my winner of the weekend. And, yeah, so that's that's basically the episode. Um, hopefully it goes well. I think it, I think it went pretty well this time. Um, there may be some weird breaks and stuff like that because it's the first time I've ever, one of the first times I've added interviews to the episode. Especially is the first time I've added two interviews to the episode. Uh, so I, that was kind of, you know, I, I you have to hear how it sounds. So if you want to give us any, if you want to give me any like information about it when you listen to the podcast, let me know if it was good or not. If it was kind of choppy, just let me know about that. Um, make sure to follow us on Instagram at BA underscore podcast. Uh, we'll post stuff there. Uh, make sure to f- uh, subscribe to our iTunes and s- follow us on SoundCloud. Uh, for iTunes, make sure to subscribe. 
like, rate, review, share. Uh, then unsubscribe, resubscribe. Do it about 30 times so we can join, so we can basically game the system. Um, There's a little trick I learned in the industry. Uh, I said that before, but that's the truth. That's what I learned. So we'll do that. Get us into the top 200 podcast world, sports and recreation podcast worldwide. Uh, first, we get to America. Uh, so, But if we get America and worldwide at the same time, that would be pretty cool. Uh, so let's try to do that. Um, but yeah, so thank you to my guests, Michael McDaniel, talked about wrestling, and HK as well for joining the podcast. Um, so yeah, hope you like what you listen to, hope you like the interviews, and let us know, or let me know if it was good or not, and so we have some constructive criticism, which would be nice. Um, but yeah, so I'm Jake, the BA Podcast, and we'll see you next time. What?